welcome to Chats for You. This is the podcast where I, James, talk to people I like for you, the public. And that is really all it is. I asked some people if I could talk to them, some of them let me, and that is what's about to happen. It's a great premise. In this 33rd episode, I talk to the comedian Alex Edelman as part of a job I have during the Edinburgh Fringe, which is working on the Pleasant Comedy Podcast, also downloadable on the internet. Just sort of Google it or something. I don't know the link, but it's there. It's there. As part of that, I get to see and record a lot of shows at the Pleasants. And Alex has really stood out to me. It was one of the first ones I've seen and has been the one I've recommended to people throughout the festival so far. So people said to me, hey, watch, James, what should I be saying? I'd say, firstly, quiet down a bit. That was quite loud. And secondly, Alex Edelman and others. Um, I wouldn't even list the others. I'd just say others and then they'd get annoyed and then walk away. Uh, So, yeah. I decided, because I enjoyed the show so much, to try and capture him slash Alex. Yeah, okay, I'll go with that. Him slash Alex for my own venture, and he very kindly agreed to let me chat at him. And you might notice in my voice, it's sort of dying a bit. Um, My voice is dying, which is not ideal if you feel that one of your main talents is chat. I feel a bit like... You know, like warriors, right? You probably you've probably heard of warriors, um, like they some of them have like got swords and they feel like that that's their weapon. I feel that like chat is my weapon and I'm losing it. Uh, I'm a chat warrior, basically. I think that's what I'm trying to say, um, and I just hope uh, it it clings on in there. And sorry for the weird bit in my voice, but that's enough about me being a chat warrior. Let's play the chat with Alex Edelman, shall we? Yes, let's, let's. Here's the chat with Alex Edelman. So um, I thought we'd, I'd like to start some of these with a, a chat warm-up, because we might not have talked that much today, we might not have had that much, many, have you had many interactions so far today? Today, no, you're one of the first, I'm trying to protect my voice, so you're one of the first people yeah. that I've been that I, I've I appreciate to that today. greatly. And um, yeah, so we'll just have a bit, we'll go through the bits of small talk just very quickly, just sort of that you usually have, and then we'll be ready to. Is this where the podcast has started now? Yeah, the podcast. Okay, has started so now, now we're live, so to speak. We're, we're live, yeah. Oh my god, the pressure. We're live, and people's they might be listening. In yeah, of course. Or you're live, and so we're live, live from from the Pleasants to, directly to someone's living <laughs> room. <laughs> and so we'll just do a quick. Hey. Alex, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm not bad. What have you been doing with your life? Oh, my goodness. I have been talking to so many people today. Oh, have you No, seen? I haven't. <laughs> uh, I, was, I woke up and I live... Uh, I'm living above Mosque Kitchen. Oh, it's a good place. Yeah. So, uh, not to give away my exact location. So, I wake up every morning to the smell of delicious lamb, uh, which is not, like, culinarily appropriate for the yeah. morning times. But uh, what I've taken to doing now is I go down the street to one of the coffee shops in my pajamas right. to sort of like rub it into how close I live. But the problem is, uh, like, for me, waking up at a reasonable time is like 10.30. Yeah. Because I'm up and I'm doing shows until like, last night I did a show, I ended at like 2 a.m. So, of course, you don't get to bed until like 3.30 or 4 or something. Yeah. And so... <laughs> 
So you end up in these, um, you end up in these uh, places at 11 o'clock in the morning in pajamas, holding a cup of coffee and just watching people walk by and starting their day. And now people start to recognize me a little bit because they're big pictures of my goddamn face everywhere because that's how Edinburgh works. And how do you feel about the big pictures of your face? Uh, it was quite an ego boost for the first two days, and now it just reminds me that we're here, and I already know we're here, so it doesn't really. I yeah, don't you really see your it. face, and like, oh, I'm already here. I'm like, I, or I see my face, and I'm just like, yeah, I know we got to do a show. Yeah, it's a good thing I love the show. It's a good thing it's a good show. Otherwise, I might think I'd be miserable. But um, uh, but yeah, I'm happy that there's that there's pictures of my face. Ultimately, but uh, is that always the goal? Always the goal. Pictures of your face. Yep. I think fame is just more and more pictures of your face, in various uh, various poses and degrees and states of makeup and size on screen. Yeah. And so, um, and so that's basically why uh, why anyone does anything. I think yeah. so that you can have more and more pictures of your face everywhere. On the way here, in, the arts. in front of me on the bus was a guy. Taking selfies of himself and then doing like really meaningful poses against the bus. It was those quite are funny. those are people who don't have fame, and so they want <laughs> selfies. If you yeah. ever see a famous person doing a selfie, that's just taking the piss. Because, yeah, because they're already like Jennifer Lawrence didn't need to take a selfie. There are already selfies of Jennifer Lawrence everywhere. That's that's true. She's probably indulged a couple times though. I bet. Yeah. I put money on that. Yeah, I bet you she has. And you said you woke, you wake up to the smell of lamb. Oh, well, I live above a kitchen, a halal kitchen. Yeah. So it's just, what, it's um, just everywhere. What, what would be your favorite smell to wake up to? Is lamb up there? Um, my favorite smell to wake up to? Well, any day you wake up and it's not a You're acting smell. like you don't get asked this every day. No, I, I do. I do. It's just it changes so often. <laughs> yeah. There's so many smells to choose from. Um, I'd say that any day you wake up and there's not... Uh, a burning smell from your own sheets and you're not engulfed in flames. You're pretty That's happy. a good day. You're pretty stoked. Well, I think, for me, the best smell to wake up to is the smell of pancakes. Uh, and I would say bacon, but I've never had bacon, so I don't know um, what the smell of bacon uh, is vis-a-vis the taste. Uh, coffee's a great smell, but coffee's a misadvertised smell. Like, I think coffee doesn't taste as good as coffee smells. Right. It's one of those things where, like, it really should be way better. For, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but do, who would you talk to about that? I don't know. I, <laughs> I think I, I've tried to take it up. I tried to take it up at the start with Mr. Starbucks, but he yeah. uh, he won't answer my phone calls. And so I tried uh, to get meetings with him as well. I've, yeah, I've thought the same. Yeah, I've gone down to Maxwell House and they're like, "You listen to me, motherfuckers." I like the smell, but the taste. Come on, guys. Do you know what? I've always found coffee flavor to be better than coffee. Do you know what I mean? Like coffee flavored ice cream, better than coffee. Yeah, I'll get you. I, I'm with you there. And so, how are you enjoying the fringe? It's amazing. I'm having the best fringe. Your face everywhere. It's unbelievable. The show is good. I think that's the most important thing. Have you done the fringe before? Yeah, I've been here, but I've never done a show. I've never done a solo show. So. I think the fact that the show is good and that the audiences are good and that the reviews are largely good and, and that people seem to be responding to it, that's the most important thing for me. I can't imagine what life would be like if you were coming up here and, um, and you weren't doing a good show or you weren't doing a show that you're proud of because your show is so dependent. I'm sorry, so I'm sorry, your mood is so dependent on you having this great experience and enjoying the time you're spending. And so... 
I mean, if you're not if you're not having that good time, then it's it's just a waste, just a big yeah. problem. So, so you're having a lovely time. Having an amazing time. I can't believe it. I, I, to be honest, I mean, look, I worked on the show for months, and I previewed the show dozens of times, and and I've obsessed over these bits, and these jokes, and I've cut probably an hour of material that's just grown. And not very good material, but uh, I've cut. I've cut an hour of material in the process of honing this down to a thing. And so I knew on, on paper that it was solid, but you don't know until you get up here and, and, and put it on in front of people yeah. that, it's, that it's a good thing. So, Was it like a show you had already done and then brought to Edinburgh, or did you write no, specifically for Edinburgh? No, I mean, well, there, a lot of them, some of them are bits that I've been thinking about for years, but, but a stand-up set, when you get to be a better stand-up, you sort of... Um, end up writing material that's for you. You write material that's sort of your your voice. You find your voice, so to speak. So so it's actually easier to, to to sort of circle your bits together and huddle them up and go, all right, guys, which which what does this say about us? And if all this says this about us, uh, why don't we just talk about the sum total of these parts and then and then and then use these bits as pieces of evidence for it. So so um, some of the bits are like a year and a half old. There's one joke in there that's um, almost two years old. That will be two years old in December. Are you going to um, have a birthday for it? Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, uh, yeah, I'll sit it down and, uh, and give it some cake. And then, uh, and then explain to it that two years in is the last time we can be doing it as a joke and we'll have to get rid of it. Well, that but, is a very uh, upsetting birthday for that yeah. joke. Well, I actually cannibalize a lot of my material. That's a Louis C.K. thing. Louis C.K. said that you always cannibalize your bits. Like, like I have a, some jokes I've written that don't work, and so you strip them for parts. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, there's yeah. one line in there that works because the formulation is correct, so you take the formulation and you apply it to something else or an angle that works for one thing might not work for another. So it's, it's, very, it's an obsessive, compulsive process, actually. But it rewards hard work, and it's good. So. Yeah. And for this show that you're doing, let's say the audience, right? Let's have the audience in mind. What is your ideal audience member in terms of vibe, age? And let's say there was an Alex Edelman outfit that every member of your audience would wear to your shows. What would you want that to be? Well, like ideally, ideally, my audience... I'm, I'm in a hot room, so ideally my audience member has a tank top and shorts. Tank top and shorts, yeah. And flip-flops, because it, uh, it's, not un, it's not crazy, uncomfortably hot, but it would be nice if they were comfortable all the way through. Um, and in terms of vibe, in terms of age, I'm not giving a politically correct answer, to be honest. I'd love for young people to come... And, uh, and, and respond to it because it really is about this generation of people between the ages of 18 and 33. My show's called Millennial, so it's about the millennial generation, uh, Generation Y. But um, my best audience members, um, a lot of them have been uh, people who are, who are baby boomers or Gen Xers or, or even uh, silence or, or great, greatest generations. Like, like anyone between the ages of like 16 and, and 70 something those people have, have anyone who's up for it I really don't give a yeah. shit as long as people are up for it as long as people really want to hear comedy and like want to hear good jokes and are interested in what I have to say I could not care less yeah. who they are as long as they love me who you are where you're from I was quoting the Backstreet Boys I'm not just saying okay. <laughs> do you not know that song? Uh, I kind of Sasha just is it Backstreet Boys or is it no, no, NSYNC? I'm, I'm, t- I'm, not general, I'm not your generation. No, no you're not. Do you know, know that song? I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are, where you're from. 
Backstreet what? Boys are way too young for me. All right. Well, I'm a little bit behind the Backstreet Boys step, but um, I don't care who you are. I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, someone will have to Google yeah. it. Is as long a, as you love me. Did I just get a podcast exclusive? You singing that? On no. Well, hopefully that'll be edited out from now on. But um, let me just. Uh, yeah, well, forget it. Forget it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, the audience who don't mind with age, but let's say you had to pick one age and then everyone else couldn't get in. Just like if I had to pick one age and everyone else couldn't get yeah. in. Two-year-olds. <laughs> Two. Just a force of two-year-olds. And then they'd all leave and people would be like, how was the show? And they'd be like, five fucking stars. <laughs> now, um, let's say 30. Someone who, or maybe 25. Either either 25 or 30. Because 30 is the cusp of adulthood. And because adulthood's now delayed, um, I think 30 something I'd love. 30, uh, young professional. Or... I don't know. I really—it's really hard to pick. Yeah. Twenty-five, thirty, fifty. Everyone brings different things to the table. Yeah, I'll just sort of. But I will be there to enforce this. Oh yeah, good. So that the, the yeah, age you that you to, don't want there. You yeah. want me to pick an age? I'm really glad you want me to pick a goddamn age, man. I'm um, happy with two. If you want to go with two. I'm happy with two. I think it'd be easy to keep out the. It's easier to keep out two-year-olds than to keep out everyone who's not two. So that's. Yeah, let's say two years old. I want everyone to at the show to be two years old. I'm glad we finally got her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a bit called calling out, right? Yeah. So do you know like how wrestlers, if they've got a match coming up, they'll be like, so hey. you want me to cut a promo for you? No. That's what wrestlers say, you cut a promo. Which oh, is that was? Yeah, when you make, when you make fun of... Uh, Brennan Burns and Cole Cabana are two buddies of mine who are doing a show here called... Uh, Cole Cabana and Brennan Burns sit in a 150-seater and comment on bad wrestling matches. It's at the stand, isn't it? It's at the stand, yeah. yeah. I did it a couple of days ago. It's wicked fun. Dana Sloss is a really good friend of mine. I uh, did it also. And so, like... Uh, well, well, let's see what's about to happen here, then. What's about to happen here? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so you like, want me to call out other comedians? They're on at the same time as you. So, like, let's say someone's only up in Edinburgh for one day. Ridiculous, anyway. So they are. Yeah. And you want them to come to your show, obviously. Daniel Sloss is on at the same time as you. Uh, Daniel has extra shows, so that really sto- that really solves the problem. Daniel's doing extra shows at 11 o'clock. We're going yeah. tonight. Uh, <laughs> That's quite the anticlimactic yeah. thing. So Daniel Sloss, yeah, sorry. So Daniel Sloss, keep that, keep that in mind. I'm, yeah, I'm trying because if I start beef, like on my podcast, yeah, start a beef. We'll get more downloads. And people are like, oh, do you hear them beefing about each other? Yeah, let's. Well, I think it. Okay, it's good for me to start a beef with Daniel Sloss. He's clearly not got the legion of followers uh, in Edinburgh to beat the crap out of me at any time. Um, Daniel Sloss, okay, let's see. Um, okay, if you're in Edinburgh for one day and you have to decide whether or not you're going to see me or Daniel Sloss, just. Just think of this is what you want. You want me to. You want me to. You want this to happen. Yeah. I'm gonna call Daniel Sloss. All right. Do someone else. Okay. You want? Uh, can you do someone else? No. No. I'll take on Daniel Sloss. <laughs> well, first of all, if you like loud, blonde pieces of shit, um, uh, tie tie between us. Tie between me and Daniel Sloss. If you like young, sharp comedy. Tie, tie between me and Daniel. So you're not doing that well. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm not doing that well. It's a tie. It's a tie. I'm waiting. I'm holding it out. I'm holding it out. I'm holding on until I can get to the end. I'm hoping to get one point at the end that'll sort of edge me over the top. Um, also, uh, hey, this is Scotland, right? And there are Scottish accents everywhere. 
Dana Sauce is just another Scottish accent. And you might be like, oh, well, the Scottish accent doing brilliant acclaimed comedy to, to basically a stadium. I feel like you're about to turn again and it's not going to be as no, cutting as you think. No, 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 no. It will be cutting. But, 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 is Dana Sauce from New York? No. Is Dana Sauce Jewish? Possibly. Not for me to say. <laughs> is Dana Sauce, is Dana Sauce uh, a Belland? Probably not. I'm a huge Belland. So you should go, wait, what does Belland mean again? I'm not sure. What, I'm not, am I allowed to say that on your podcast? Oh, yeah, say it. Okay, cool. Not really. Um, uh, does Dana Sauce have... Uh, here's one. Uh, I went to New York University. Dana Sauce didn't go to New York University. I don't know what the university Dana Sauce went to. Probably no university. He's probably still young to go to university. Did you hear that noise? That's people swiping up tickets for your show now. Exactly. Exactly. I'll don't, go see, don't go see Daniel Sauce. Go, or, or, better, or here's the other thing. He has a late show. Go see Daniel Sauce's late show and see my show before. And then afterwards, weigh in with your own opinions on what Daniel Sauce... Oh. And also, Daniel Sauce has sex with lots of people. And I don't have sex with lots of people. That's right. If Daniel yeah. Sauce is sex with, first of all, Daniel Sauce doesn't need you to go see his show because it's already filled with people he's had sex with. And he's basically playing stadiums at this point. Stadiums, mate. Men and women. Not saying, not for me to say. Just, I'm just putting that out there. I'm just putting that out there the way that Sauce puts himself out there into sort of everybody. So, you just, that's, that's, uh, that's us. Who else? Let's do another call. I'd like to quite like to call somebody out. Uh, Eddie Pepitone? You're on the same Oh, yeah. Time. Oh, you want me to call out literally the nicest man who's ever existed? Yeah, no, he's very Fucking nice. Fucking bad <laughs> chance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hold on. Here. Do you like, do you like edgy comedy that's described as groundbreaking no matter where it goes? Yeah. Eddie Pepitone. Uh, do you like unconventional? I'm not doing a great job. No, no, no I'm still... doing really... <laughs> I, th- I think you nearly had it. With, you had it with sloth. I do. No, no, no. I think it's. Yeah, there's nothing it. to say about Eddie Pepitone. There's literally nothing to say. You like someone who's put the work in for almost thirty years and is now receiving the attention that he deserves. Eddie Pepitone. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Right. Yeah. Um, Let's do one more. <laughs> Please don't ma- mention like another one of my favorite. If you say Ivo Graham, I'll punch you in the nose. I've not got him written down. Okay, good. And just. Avi Brown, Avi Brown, and I don't clash. That's another. Um, uh, that's another good comedian. You should go Alex see. Horn. You know Alex Horn. Yeah, but he has lovely kids, and there's not a single thing I'm going to say badly about Alex. You got to pick some real. Isn't there someone at this festival that that's ma- massively unpleasant? And hey, Wit Tank, I'll call out Wit Tank. Wit Tank. First of all, they're uh, they're lazy. <laughs> they're lazy. Um, uh, they're they're British. They're British. Who wants to see Brits at this oh, festival? How dare they? Oh God! Can you imagine? Oh. They're from Durham. They're from no one. No, I don't actually. I'm not sure if they're from Durham, but but they went to university in Durham. And and oh, they've also got late shows, so you can go see the late shows for them. Okay. Well, some of that works in something. Yeah. I'm sure you'll edit this down in an expert way and not just upload the entire thing, just like dumping it on people. Well, you don't know me. No, yep. Oh, well. <laughs> um, okay, this will sort of depend how many people come to your show or not. Okay. Uh, how funny are you? How funny am I? Well, this is, a comed- this is a question that every comedian loves being asked. How funny am I? Let me ask you a question. Let me answer your question with a question of my own. How funny... How funny is the rain? <laughs> um... 
We'll just start like rain as a thing. I'm a- I'm asking you that because I'm, I'm I need more time to think about this. Okay. Uh, yeah, I am funny. Uh, otherwise, the show wouldn't work. But um, I mean, it's not just. I think there. My my. Can I be serious about something? Oh, you're very low to. I'll so there's there's an, there's an artist that I love named John Baldessari, and he says that every artist should know three things, which is that talent is cheap, you have to be possessed, which you can't will, and you have to be in the right place at the right time. So, you know, I think any young any young comedian should aspire to those three things. Talent is cheap, but you need to have it. But everyone's ha- but everyone has it. So when everyone anyone goes, are you funny? I go, yeah, but that's not a big part of it. Like everyone, there are a lot of funny people like. I'm not preternaturally funny in a way that, like, you meet someone immediately and go, this person is hilarious. Like, Matt Ewens is a comedian on the on the fringe, and he's, like, like, when you meet him yeah. right away, you're like, oh, this might be the funniest person I've ever met. And you met me earlier. Yeah, and I thought immediately, this person is absolutely not funny at all. Oh, God. So, yeah, that was the wrong impression. Yeah, the wrong impression. Let's see how much of this podcast gets uploaded. <laughs> uh, but... But it's hard work. People have previewed their people. You know, I previewed my show a lot. Like this show is not just seat of the pants. We're lot, like falling back on something. It's 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 carefully constructed and crafted and structured and and there are and every joke has been puzzled over and every line has been examined. I record the show every night. I listen back to it the next morning. I take notes and make small changes. And so like it's a good it's a good show. It's a well put together. And I think, uh, I hope, highly enjoyable um, 60 Minutes. So, I agree, I agree so. with all that. Thanks. And, but how funny is Rain? How funny is Rain? Hilarious. It never stops. There we go. Sort of got the answer there. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, I like these questions. You ask excellent questions, to be fair. Some of them are particularly horrible like if you can only have one age of a person to come to your show what would it be so I'm literally excluding everyone else who's not that age yes a bit of fun a bit of fun I'm gonna have everyone who's not between, who's not two years old going right well we're not coming to his show so I got a bit abrasive a bit difficult don't worry it prepares you for the show <laughs> alright here's a scenario okay yep uh, so if I were to become used to your identity, yeah. what would you say are the three things I'd have to get right? In other words, what makes Alex Edelman Alex Edelman? Um, well, I have a unique social security number, the way that everyone else in the States does, so you'd really need to get that. I think to, to tr- truly get me, uh, you have to sort of embody my... my uh, I hate to say this, but... Uh, I think a lot of my worldview comes from being neurotic and having lots of tension. So just a mat. So just if you want to imagine what it's like to be me, just like look at everything and imagine how it could kill you. Okay, so number. Looking at everything to kill you. Yeah, well, Bum-bum. yeah, with an eye towards like that bookshelf over there, like that could fall on you at any moment, and all it would take is someone on the other side of the wall, like leaning back a little too far as you're walking by. And then there are there are just enough books on the top shelf to like sort of not sort of like just because they're lighter than the bookshelf, so they would fall first. Yeah. And so those would hit you in the head, and you wouldn't be quite sure what's going on. And then the bookshelf would fall on you. If that was an empty bookshelf, you'd have much more like I don't know. Maybe those maybe those books on the top would provide a warning for you, but that's what I mean. Like also, there's water here. There's a water feature here. There's like this little water fountain, yeah, but yeah. there's electricity everywhere. 
And so if that spills or that has a leak on the bottom and you step in that wet patch of carpet while there's electricity running through it, like that could easily just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot. There's a lot that can kill you in this, in, in everywhere. So yeah, as long as you're mindful of that, that's pretty close to me. And I guess the third thing is... What's the third thing? Jew. Yeah, um... That was Corey Shaw, who's um, one of my best friends and also uh, runs Chortle's uh, uh, Fast Fringe, which is a gig that gives tasters of uh, of acts every day at 640 at the Pleasance. And she knows me almost better than anybody in this town. And I think that people who know me almost better than anyone else in this town would say, you could just sum everything up with just Jew. Like, kosher Jew, observant Jew... Like neurotic Jew, every aspect of like I'm a walking Nazi caricature. <laughs> so yeah, I think those. I was really looking for a way around it. You actually don't even need the kill everything and kill you thing because that's basically Jew as well. Okay, so I'm just you just become a Jew. That's what I have to do. Yeah, you, all you have to do is become a Jew, and I know a guy who can help you with the circumcision. So it's. Uh, you can get you a great right, deal. Honey, I'll send you a tweet. Fifteen percent off. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get, get it? it? It's yeah. a circumcision joke, mate. Uh, okay, then we'll go on to my trademark questions. Your trademark questions? What are yeah. those? Well, actually, just one trademark question, really. And this is, I think, interviewers, and they don't really need any real talent. They just need one question above it all, and then they can just become famous and everything like that. I'll wait for them to stop twinkle a little bit. Okay. Uh, Here's my trademark question. Are you ready for it? Yeah, go ahead. What do you like? What do I like? You know, the thing is, this is bad for my reputation because I think most people in the UK view me as... not. In, most people in the UK don't know or care who I am, but um, the people that do know me sort of think of me as persnickety and maybe a little unfair and a little harsh. But... I like a lot of, uh, I like this festival a lot. I'm not, I'm not just saying it because I'm here, even though it's definitely in the forefront of my mind and eyes. Um, I think this is genuinely one of my favorite things. Otherwise, I wouldn't travel thousands of miles and spend months getting ready for it. And so, um, the people here, are my, it's like summer camp for comedians. Do you guys have summer camps over here? Uh, yeah, sure. I think there is. Like, you go somewhere for a summer, you sleep somewhere for, like, those are the best... I went to ice hockey camp when I was a kid. I was really good at ice hockey. And so, we, you know, it was great because it was just all day long, all you would do was play ice hockey. It was during the summer, and you'd hang out with your friends on, on the ice hockey team. You'd play against other ice hockey teams. This is exactly the same thing, but with comedy instead of ice hockey. And I love comedy. So it's really easy. And, like, uh, I'm sad that I clash with, like, uh, with Slossy, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I clash with Ivo. Uh, Ivo Graham was another really good uh, young comic at the Pleasance, uh, but I'm thrilled beyond beyond belief to be uh, to be able to be here for a month and doing a show every day and doing three or four extra little bits every day and seeing comedians around constantly and people and, and I don't understand people here who complain like oh the festival's too long or. You just got to get away from the festival for a bit. This this is such a rarefied thing, and we don't have this at home in the United States. And, and these five big venues are palaces built on stand-up comedy. So 
So I'm really, uh, I'm living the dream for this one month, even though my voice is absolutely going and I'm on the, I'm, I'm on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Uh, it's still the best possible thing. And you said you also like ice hockey. Love ice hockey. Oh my gosh. You ever play ice hockey? I've not played ice hockey, no. It's really good. It's hard to find a good ice rink in, in, in Edinburgh. I would absolutely kill to play a little bit of ice hockey. I did a bit of ice skating. I'm getting a look from Corey. I'm sensing there probably is a good ice rink in Edinburgh. Murrayfield. Murrayfield, but do they, play, do they have ice hockey? They used to. It went under. Really? Yeah. It's hard niche sports niche sports here. Amer a lot of American and Canadian sports are niche sports, so they don't really get the... Uh, or niche sports in the UK, so they don't really... Uh, it's hard to find a good baseball game out here, too, I reckon. I thought you could maybe um, combine your likes. And I've not heard of I an ice hockey comedian. I have performed ice hockey in an ice hockey rink in Arizona. Uh, it was absolutely impossible to do because the noise from the ice hockey game going on was so loud that I was performing in the snack bar area. This is one of the few gigs in the outskirts of Phoenix, Arizona, in Scottsdale. It was it was it was real it was real hell on earth. But uh, but I've decided. I think I think uh, like sort of like uh, like chocolate and barbecue beef ribs. Like they're both good, but if you combine the two, they're really disgusting. So uh, I just gotta keep those two things separate. So you're not you're not planning to do uh, ice things. I saw people even show next year. I think I would get a lot of Canadians, but everything else would be fairly limited. Just two year olds again. Yep. Dude, thank you so much for having me. Oh, do you have any more? I just got two more quick things. All right, two more quick things. Well, let's do. I hope the question. I hope they're unconventional questions. Well, this is the deepest question of them all. Yes. Get ready to like visit your soul a bit. Okay. Okay. What would you like to ask yourself? Uh, why can't we want to do something other than comedy? It'd be really nice to want to be an accountant. Is it always just comedy for you? Yeah, for now it, it is. I love writing, and I, and I, I don't mind acting. Acting's fun, but uh, I I really like improv. I really like it. It's a breath of fresh air, but stand-up is the thing. I like improv a lot, like comedy bang-bang and that sort of stuff in America. Comedy bang-bang's great. Improv um, for humans as well. Yeah, I think... Uh, for me, I like the more free forum experiment. Like I like set lists because it combines stand up and. Uh, although, although I'm really excited to do voices in your head, which is another fringe thing. I don't have time to give shout outs to everything I like <laughs> on the fringe. So, and what's the other one? Well, just finally, anything you'd like to add or get off your chest at the end of this chat? Anything um, long on you at all? Get off my chest. Well, I kind of have a cough in there, so I'd really like to get rid of that. Um, I'll see what I can, I can do. Yeah, you got some Baraka on, yeah, I'd be be grateful. Not right now. Um, I think that anything else I'd like to... Well, uh, obviously I'd like to plug my show. It's called Millennial. Uh, it's at the Pleasant's Courtyard at 8.15. Uh, I'd like to plug... Uh, the stuff that I mentioned, there's, there's Matt Ewan's show, which I highly encourage you to go see. It's also on at the Pleasance. Uh, there's Alfie Brown, who's at uh, 11 p.m. He's also on at the Pleasance. John Robbins, also on at the Pleasance, 9.45. God, most of the stuff that I like is on at the Pleasance, to be fair. Although Danny McLaughlin is very funny. He's on at Tron. And uh, Stu Goldsmith is on right before me at the at the Pleasance. I hope you're all writing this down because this is a, this is yeah, a long list. It will be. And, and finally, the the guys that clash with me, um, Ivo Graham, Romesh Ranganathan, Daniel Sloss, and Whit Tank. They're uh, they're all at different times. But you know what? You're here for a little while. 
You have money to burn. You're on holiday. Oh, are you, are you making peace at the end here? I am now. I'm not making peace at the end. Sloss is still an absolute slut. Um, but, but I think, uh, yeah, those, it's, 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 it's good offerings at 8.15, uh, so I'm pleased, to be, uh, I'm pleased to be one of them, and I hope that you'll come. So, cool. Thanks well, for thank you for doing this. Dude, Alex. thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That was my chat with Alex. Thank you very much to Alex for giving me some of his time. You can see his show, Millennial, at the Pleasance Attic at 8.15 throughout the rest of the Fringe. He's also on Twitter. He is a person who tweets. And he is at Alex underscore Edelman. Also, if you want to, it's very... Um, people don't really say this at the end of their at the end of podcasts, but just so you know, it is you you can subscribe to it if you want to. Like that's not like a secret. I know I'm sort of whispering it, but you're able to just do it if you want. Even tell friends, say them off. Just subscribe to this podcast. And they'd be like, "Why are you whispering?" Oh, I don't, I don't know. And then that's the sort of. Uh, in-depth and exciting conversations you probably have with your friend. If you like this podcast, you can follow the Twitter account at Chats For You. And if inclined to do so, you could also leave a glowing five-star review on the iTunes store to help it get a little bit more attention. But um, nothing less than glowing. So just to make that clear, a glowing five-star review on the iTunes store. Thank you. This podcast was an Imminent Joy production. Visit imminentjoy.com for a bunch of different funny people doing a bunch of different funny things.